thank you to the Williams family as well. And it's true. I, I think we, we can have confidence that Kimberly is on, on her way and, and living a life of confidence. And the ingredients of that, faith, hope, love, let's just keep repeating that. Thank you for that. Guidepost relates a story from Luciano Pavarotti, a famous opera tenor. Pavarotti writes, when I was a boy, my father, a baker, introduced me to the wonders of song. He urged me to work very hard to develop my voice. Arito Pola, a professional tenor in my hometown of Modena, Italy, took me as a pupil. I also enrolled in a teacher's college. On graduating, I asked my father, shall I be a teacher or a singer? Luciano, his father told him, if you try to sit on two chairs, you will fall between them. For life, you must choose one chair. I chose one. It took seven years of study and frustration before I made my first professional appearance. It took another seven years to reach the Metropolitan Opera. And now I think wherever it's, whether it's laying bricks, writing a book, whatever we choose, we should give ourselves to it. Commitment, that's the key. Pavarotti writes, choose one chair. Was Pavarotti confident in his singing? I think so. For those who know who Pavarotti is, was he was confident in his singing because he was committed to a path. Pavarotti was successful. He had that laser focus in being a singer. Pavarotti had that commitment, that this laser focus, this unwavering commitment, are ways in which even the Apostle Paul can be described. And when the Apostle Paul is focused, he lives confidently. You know, in Josh and Britt, on your, your next chapter of your lives, when, when you live focused, when you live committed to Jesus Christ, you will live confidently. The Williams family, Kimberly, baby Kimberly, when, when you live with faith, hope, and love, you will live confidently. Keep your focus on Jesus Christ. That confidence of Paul is evident in his writings. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, for I am confident, persuaded, that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a message for Josh and Brittany here today. What a message for the Williams family here today. What a message for us as a church family that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Paul had that confidence, but it was a confidence that was not in himself. It was a confidence in Jesus. Today's message of living confidently 
is the first of four in our October sermon series entitled, To Live is Christ. We're in the book of Philippians this month, so I hope that you can join us throughout the whole month. And so open your Bibles with me. Open your Bibles to Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Confident living is what we are exploring in this chapter, this first chapter of Philippians. And so here in this letter from Paul, Paul is writing. He's writing a letter to believers in a town called Philippi. Roughly at his time, 2,000 people. It's a well-to-do town in a region of Macedonia. Paul's attitude to these Philippian Christians was one with much affection. He loved these people. And we can begin to see this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Every time he thinks of these believers in Philippi, he's thanking God. He has quite the affection for them. Paul, he's writing this letter of affection while he's in chains, while he's under house arrest. The title Philippians is referring to the people of, or, or Christians of a well-to-do town. And so Paul's attitude towards these believers in Philippi, he is thanking them. He is overjoyed because of their Christian fellowship. Drop down to verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he, Christ, who began a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Paul expresses joy in the good works of these fellow Christians in Philippi. And he can't wait for that good work that began in them, that Christ began in them, will be finished when he returns. We want Christ's work to be finished in church members like Josh and Brittany, like the Williams family. That good work that Christ began in them, he will be faithful to finish that work. Paul is overjoyed because of this work. Verse 12 but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Paul had been under a lot of stress, persecuted, beaten, put in chains under house arrest. People wanted him dead, but he's saying it doesn't matter. All the sufferings that I have suffered for Christ. It's actually for the good. Paul is taking joy in his suffering, even while he is under arrest. Paul had that singular focus, a profound commitment to preach Jesus. And then in verse 13, Paul writes, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. It doesn't matter to Paul if he's in chains or if he's free. He is going to preach Jesus Christ. And if he's in chains, he's going to witness even to the guards. 
24-7, Paul is under arrest. And for every shift of guards that come in and out, he is ministering to those guards. This is the opportunity for the gospel of Jesus Christ to even go all the way to the palace guards, to the top echelons of Roman government. Paul is excited. And if it means for him to suffer and to be in change, Chains, so be it. Verse 14. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul is saying, hey, look, because of my sufferings, it meant that other, other brothers and sisters in Christ are becoming more bold to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. The sufferings of Jesus, worth it. The death on the cross, worth it. My sufferings for Jesus' sake, worth it. Persecution, threat of death, even imprisonment, worth it. These bold Christians were witnessing of the love and sacrifice of Jesus without fear. These early Christians were not ashamed of the gospel. Imagine Christians in the face of ridicule and persecution taking every opportunity to tell of Jesus' liberating sacrifice on the cross. Church family, are you confidently living in Jesus Christ? Or are you timidly living in doubt? You see, here in Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul is all in. Jesus has become his all in all. Paul's singular focus was to magnify Jesus. That was his whole purpose, was to magnify Jesus. Every opportunity he could do to magnify the wonderful character of Jesus Christ, he was going to take it, whether in chains or whether free. And so in verse 19 and 20, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul was able to live confidently even in the face of death because Jesus had become his sole focus. So whether he lives or whether he dies, it doesn't matter to Paul. Jesus will be magnified. This should be our singular focus as well. You want to live confidently? Magnify Jesus Christ in every aspect of your life, whether you're, you're sleeping, whether you're awake, whether you're talking or not talking, with your actions. By the way that you live your life, magnify Christ. You want to live confidently? Lift Jesus up. In verse 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
confident living in Jesus. If Paul lives, he's going to do it with ever, everything possible to share Jesus Christ. This is Paul magnifying Jesus. If Paul dies, it's because of his love and devotion and faith in Jesus. This, too, is Paul magnifying Christ. So for, Christ, for Paul's confident living in Jesus, he cannot lose whether he lives or dies. He does confess that he would rather die. Why? Because the next thing that he'll know is that he'll be together with Jesus. So death, he does not fear. Death, he actually welcomes. But if he's not going to die, if it's not his time yet, he's going to do everything that he can with his living breath to magnify Jesus Christ. That's confident living. When you come to the realization that the best and essentially only reason to live is for Jesus Christ, that is confident living. If Jesus is your singular focus in life, you have purpose. If Jesus is your singular focus in life, you have peace. If Jesus is your singular focus, you have faith, hope, and love. And repeat it again. I didn't plan that song, Ed. Thank you. Confident living. On the opposite, if you are living for self, you're not living confidently. If you're living for your own comfort, if you're living for your selfish opinion, if you're living for selfish pride, for things, materialism, like cars, house, boat, vacation, if you're living for your own image, if you're living for fame or power, you're not truly living. To live for these things is loss. It's not a gain. I remember in 2003, the year 2003, driving home, it's about 8 o'clock in the morning, I'd just gotten off of work as a, after a 12-hour shift, night shift, at a hospital in Zephyr Hills, Florida. Driving home, taking that 30, 45-minute drive back home into Tampa, it was a frustrating, yet another frustrating shift as a registered nurse in that hospital. I was working part-time as a nurse and part-time as a Bible worker for Tampa First Seventh-day Adventist Church. I come to realize that the job that I really loved the most was not the one that paid me the most. It was the one where I could share Jesus Christ and open up Scripture and unashamedly talk about Jesus. I really got addicted during those three years as a Bible worker at Tampa First Seventh-day Adventist Church. I got addicted. The most addictive thing that I have ever come across was watching people come to Jesus Christ and giving their lives through baptism. That 12-hour shift in that hospital in Zephyr Hills, Florida, was the last 12-hour shift I ever worked as a nurse. I made a deal with the Lord. I would rather work for you, Lord, than for any other man. 
I would ra- if I'm going to fail at working, I'd rather fail with you, Lord, as my boss. I'm ready to go all in. I want you, Lord, to be my all in all. So if you are calling me to full-time ministry, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it. And the Lord has been taking care of me from that day forward. He took care of me then in 2003. He took care of me in that path to ministry. He took, and he continues to take care of me even today. Never have I experienced greater joy than to watch people come to make a decision in Jesus Christ. There is nothing more addictive than that. I had tasted what Paul is writing about here in Philippians chapter 1. To live is Christ. To rejoice in Jesus being preached at every moment, at any time, and anywhere. I couldn't go back to my selfish living. I made that deal with the Lord. I'm going to live for you, so you're going to have to take care of everything else. I, I, I was on a track. I was on a track to make money. I was single back then. I could save. I could invest. I was going to be a hospital administrator one day. But I really wanted was to follow Jesus Christ. This past week, our school, Downers Grove Avenue School, had a week of prayer. Our students and staff, we journeyed together. This time, I want to invite our our students that are here and our staff to to come up right here. I know we practice on that side, but we're going to come right here. We want to share with you a theme song regarding confident living. Confidence by Sanctus Real, our Our students and staff, we learned this song and we want to share it with you today. What we learned, and this is God, you can't plan these things. What we learned about was faith, hope, and love. (laughs) And we kept repeating it every day. And what we learned is that we want to be like like Daniel. We want to have Faith like Daniel in the lion's den. We want to have hope like Moses in the wilderness. We want to have a heart like David. We want to be confident like Paul, and we want to love like Jesus. Sing it. I'm not a warrior. I'm too afraid to lose. I feel unqualified for what you're calling me to. Lord, with your strength, I've got no excuse. Because broken people are exactly who you are. So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me heart like David. Lord, be my defense so I can face my dreams.
could shut the blinds and made you the king. So I'm gonna trust you and give you everything. I'll be a conqueror, cause you fight for me. I'll be a champion, claiming your victory. So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. And give me heart like David, Lord, be my defense. So I can face my giants with confidence. I'm gonna sing and shout, shake the walls. Won't stop until I see them fall. Step out when you call Jesus. We're gonna sing and shout, shake the wall. Won't stop until I see them fall. Gonna stand up, step out when you call Jesus. So give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me a heart like David. Give me faith like Daniel in the lion's den. Give me hope like Moses in the wilderness. Give me heart like David, Lord, be my defense. So I can face my giants with confidence. So I can face. Now faith, now faith is the confidence, is the confidence of things hoped for, of hope for the, evidence the evidence of the invisible, of, the invisible, of things not seen. It's inspiring to work with your children inspiring to see how they love singing these songs for Jesus. And the more that we sing these songs and the more that we talk about Jesus and these stories from Scripture like Daniel and Moses and, and David and Paul and the love like Jesus, they are gaining confidence. Did you see it? Did you hear it? Did you feel it? Faith, hope, love, let's just keep repeating it. Let's keep living our lives with confidence in him. For the Apostle Paul, he didn't always have his godly confidence, did he? Early in his life, he had false confidence. Then he was known as Saul. And when we, like Paul, allow Jesus to come more fully into our lives, into our hearts, he, Jesus, begins to change us, transform us, for the good, for the better. I suppose back there in 2000, year 2003, I, like Pavarotti, had to make a choice of chairs. Which chair was I going to sit on? I couldn't straddle chairs. I had to choose one. And the chair that I chose was to follow Jesus Christ. 
And since then, he has been causing me more and more to live with confidence. My desire is that for our church family here, to live with confidence. What would that look like? If every individual in our church family, if we together as a church family were living confidently with faith, hope, and love, and repeating it over and over and over again, not just here every week, but even in our own homes and when we fellowship together, what would that look like when we are constantly with single focus magnifying Jesus Christ? I'm excited to find out. What about you? what the Lord is going to do with us as a church family. So, Josh and Britton, live confidently in your journey. William's family, live confidently in Jesus Christ moving forward until Jesus Christ comes. Faithfully, he is coming. You will be here. Let us pray. Lord, oh, what a wonderful God you are to offer us the gift of confidence. Throughout today, we've, we've learned that you're even offering us faith and hope and love, all of these ingredients to live our lives confidently in you. We want to live in you, Jesus Christ. And whether we suffer, whether we are in chains, we want to magnify you. We want to take joy in that, that others can learn about you. Whether we're free to continue to magnify you, Lord, may we all be in. May you be our all in all. May we live confidently in you. And we pray all of these things in Christ's name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Sabbath peace to you all.